The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm absolutely delighted to have you with us today. Now, before we start, I invite you to visit the self-improvement blog. I always do that because there you can see a picture of today's guest. You can read her bio and a review of her book, Radiant Survivor. And you're really going to want to know more about her when you read this book. And I, I, I really urge you to get a copy of this book because it has so many wonderful things in it. It's, it's so real. You know, while you're on the blog, watch her videos in the right sidebar, you know, because she has a great story. You're going to want to tell it. You're going to want to know more about it. You know, we all know by now that life is not a straight, smooth road. Metaphorically speaking, it sometimes has treacherous turns, slippery highways, dead ends, you know, when you think you've almost arrived, you may have car trouble or get lost or have to take a detour. We read stories all the time about those who lost it all and overcame that, about those who made lemonade when they got lemons, that sort of thing. We love those stories. We love stories about survivors, achievers against all odds, We love success stories, and sometimes we need them to keep us keeping on. Today we have this kind of wonderful success story, and it's a story that can challenge every one of us. Erica Tucci was at the peak of her career in a Fortune 500 company, and she had begun to work on her dream by starting a healing arts company. Then she had a stroke that left her completely paralyzed on the right side of her body. She had started out to be a dancer but switched majors and received her BBA in Management Information Systems from the University of Houston. She has authored she had authored by then two books, started a healing arts business and was the manager as we said in that Fortune 500 company. In the middle of all this, she had a stroke that changed absolutely every aspect of her life. Now, she was not an old lady. And we think of strokes as happening only to older people, but not anymore. They're happening at every age, even in children. 
know, this story can be found in her new third book, Radiant Survivor, How to Shine and Thrive Through Recovery from Stroke, Cancer, Abuse, Addiction, and Other Life-Altering Experiences. It's launching on November 19th. It's just coming out. It's brand new. You can get in on this wonderful new book launch. Now she's dedicated to others, to helping others as they go through their own life-altering experiences. She's developing a trauma recovery coaching program based on her book. I, I just am so excited to welcome Erica Tucci to the Self-Improvement Show. Welcome, Erica. Wow, Irene. Thanks for the wonderful introduction. (laughs) Well, you know, I've been in nursing most of my life, and I've seen a lot of people with strokes. And your story to me is so remarkable. You know, and, and I'm really anxious for people to hear it because it can encourage anybody who's ever had a stroke or any kind of debilitating illness. But let's stitch, set the stage a little bit. Tell us about your life before the stroke. You know, what were you like? What was your life like? You know, I know it was a whirlwind. Yeah, well, it was. I was working 80 80 hours a week, 40 hours in my corporate job, which I really, really loved because I loved the people that I was working with, and um, I had people under me working, under me, you know, helping me, and they were wonderful, too. I just really had a nice, for corporate, you know, but um, I had a really nice job, and um, I was also working 40 hours on my healing business because it was a fledgling business. And, of course, I had to, you know, I was trying to get it off the ground. And um, I've actually, Radiant Survivor is my fourth book because the four, first book that I wrote was actually in 1998. I just haven't really marketed it much. It's called Moms and Their Young-Spirited Boys. I wrote about my kids when they were young, like, and their boys. And I was like, okay, I'm female. I don't know anything about testosterone. I don't know how to raise boys. <laughs> And so I wrote this really cute little book again, polling other other moms. You know, how did they how did they do it? And da da da. And and, and so I wrote that was my first book. Then I wrote the other two books in 2010. Published those. I published all my own books. But before my life, it was a, it was kind of a whirlwind. I was kind of on the treadmill of life. And then I got I got um, kicked in the butt by my stroke, and I had to slow down now to a snail's pace. But I have yep. learned a lot from having a stroke. And but that's sometimes what I'm, I snails impart, get there. Not a, hmm? Snails still get there. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I want to impart to people today is what, you know, you can thrive um, even if you don't fully recover, which I'm planning on doing. And I know I can fully recover. Um, but even if you can't, you don't completely recover from your condition. I have a story of people that are in there, you know, in my book also, people that don't fully recover, but, you know, they still made really wonderful lives. Um, it's, yes, yeah, sometimes much better. Before we get into the story of your recovery and, and how the stroke, where the stroke took you, I know people are going to want to know how to find you on the Internet and how to get this book that's just about to come out. I believe the launch day is Saturday. Is that true? No, November 19th. Then November 19th. However, I'll Oh, okay, well. yeah, it's next week. Yes. I, I, I was also, figuring in my head, and I don't do that well. 
No, uh, uh, t- tell us how we find you and right. how they can get in on the book. Is there a list they can get their name on? Yes. Um, first, uh, the the, the um, website is Radiant Survivor. And one thing that you hopefully would like to do is tomorrow through Thursday, I have a tele-summit coming, and you pre-register for that. Um, it's got a wonderful uh, lineup of guest panelists, including Dr. Bernie Siegel, so, you know, that renowned physician. He's one of the um, guest panelists. And um, and if it's from tomorrow through Thursday, and it's only from noon Pacific Standard Time to 1.30. So that's an hour and a half of your day, kind of around lunchtime. But if you don't, if you can't, if you can't listen to it, um, you know, live, we'll always have a pre I mean, a recording afterwards. So sign up anyway so that you can, you know, at least uh, get the recording. And then the launch itself is the 19th, which is next Tuesday. And if you sign up um, on my website, Radiant Survivor, I also have a place that says that you can get free gifts, a lot of free gifts from all my partners and friends and colleagues who have also promoted my book. Um, when you sign up uh, for the the book for November 19th and buy it on launch day from Amazon.com. So go to Radiant Survivor, and if you're interested, you know, you can read about the book, you can read about me, and you can sign up for both the Telesummit and the for the free gifts if you buy the book on November 19th. Fantastic. I, I really encourage everyone listening to get this book. If you know somebody, and we all do, know somebody who's had some kind of debilitating illness of any kind, this book can be very, very helpful. If you're new on a spiritual path, this book can be very helpful. If you're trying to gain more self-awareness, this book can help you do that because Erica has put wonderful exercises at the end of each chapter and most of them deal with helping you be more aware of what's going on within you and about you. Um, this is a, a good book for anybody who, you know, is recovering or who's really just new on the spiritual path. And actually, it's a really good um, brush up for all of us. To, so, so it helps us remember What's the most important thing for us? As well as remember all the things we have to be grateful for. It's it's a good read. I, I just highly, highly recommend it. You know, Erica, most people or many people can't remember and can't re- can't tell anybody else what happened to them during their stroke. Um, there are a few people who have been able to tell about it after. Um, but and you do tell. Can you give us the scenario of what happened that morning? Oh yes, I don't. I don't. I can't forget it at all. <laughs> um, I was I was in my living room floor. I mean, I was in my living room, stand standing up, you know, with my purse on my left side, which is a godsend because it had my cell phone in, you know, in it, and um, I just collapsed. No sign, no no warnings, nothing. And I don't have any risk factors, and I'll tell you how I had the stroke, why, in a minute. But um, 
I, you know, I don't have high blood pressure or high cholesterol or anything that would uh, indicate a stroke. So I, I fell on the floor and I could not figure out why the heck I couldn't get up off the floor. And I was on, it was a belly flop. I kind of fell on my belly. So I turned around on my back and I thought, oh my gosh, what's going on? So I called my mom, getting the phone out of my purse with my operable hand. And my son, who was 19 at the time, lived with me, but I couldn't even call out um, because my voice was so weak at the time. So I was slurring my words on the phone. Mom, can you please call my Brett in his room and tell him to come out and call the ambulance? She was panicked, of course, because, you know, she said, my gosh, what's there wrong, Erica? And so, you know, um, but anyway, so my son came running out, called 911. My mom's had a stroke. And uh, the ambulance came what seemed in minutes. Now, with a stroke, an ischemic stroke, which is one that's caused by a blood clot, um, if you get a medicine called TPA, I think in the window is within three hours of having a stroke, it can minimize the effects of a stroke, an ischemic stroke. Um, I did get it. Now, you, can, you also have the risk that you could die, you know. Um, but I Always, I'm, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, I, I, obviously I survived because I'm here. But um, anyway, they got they got the medicine into me, and um, and so instead of having a profound stroke like the ER doctor told my mom that I had, that would have affected everything because it it affected the basal ganglia, and you more you know more about that than I do, Irene, as being a nurse. But um, um, it should have affected you know a lot, but it only affected mainly my 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 right side. And what, um, they, what were you, I mean, how did you feel when you realized you couldn't speak loud enough for anybody to hear, you couldn't move part of your body? I mean, I can't imagine how frightening that could be. You know, it's, I, I don't, I can't, I'm going to tell you, I don't, I didn't feel a thing at that point. I, because I was still, I wasn't, I just didn't know, you know, I, I don't know if it's because of my beliefs um, or whatever, but. It just, at that point, I wasn't scared or anything. I just, you know, I was like, I don't know if I was in a state of bliss, ignorance, you know, denial or whatever. I didn't feel anything at all at that point. Um, So you weren't frightened? You weren't wondering what on earth is going on? Yeah, 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 of course I was, yeah, what's going on? Something terrible has happened to me. What do I do now? Yeah, I mean it was okay. What what is happening to me? But I but you know I didn't. I don't. I you know I can't. I I must have been in the state of ignorance or something at that point. I don't know uh, because I really didn't. I didn't really get into any kind of emotions for for quite a while. In fact, when I was in the hospital, I was having fun. Um, I mean, not fun. Well, when I was in the inpatient uh, rehab, well, first first, the the first week in the hospital, you know, I knew that I had to. um, The the nurses and the doctors were coming in all the time, giving, taking blood and this and that and every other thing. But I I just wasn't for a while. It just didn't really faze me. And maybe it's because I have a certain belief system about karma. And knowing that when things happen, there's a reason for things, and and I, maybe I looked at it more from not what happened to me, but why, you know. And I mean, what what is it that I'm supposed to be learning from this situation? And uh, maybe that's it. Um, I, I I don't know if I maybe I, I don't know if I even really went through a real real phase of denial. 
So I how long done. then were you in the hospital? I'm, I, and I can understand this because often when there's such a trauma, we some, some part of us that we're not used to takes over and we don't have to go into all that worry kind of thinking for a while. Yeah. We, just, we just don't. How long were you in the hospital then? I was in ICU for a couple of days, and then I was, because they ran a lot of tests, and they found out that my whole, my stroke was actually caused by a hole in the heart that let, let the blood clot go through and hit my brain. And I'll have to tell you a story about that in a minute, but um, um, I was in the hospital for a week, and then I did rehab for three weeks, in inpatient rehab, and I went to the place called Pier Memorial Herman, and if you remember Gabby Gifford, our U.S. Senator who got shot in the head and was in um, rehab for many months, that's where she went, Pier Memorial Herman. Oh, you and, were uh, fortunate to be there. It's I was very for us- it's time for us to go to break. When we come back, I want to talk about that hole in the heart and, you know, all about that because that's a fascinating story. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Erica Tucci, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv You need to live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Our listeners have told us that they want to be motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement around the clock. And we've responded to you. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's here at voiceamericaempowerment.com. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the self improvement show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Erica Tucci. We've been talking about her stroke. Uh, she ha- had um, a-, a stroke caused by um, an embolism. She was in the hospital and then in rehab. And 
the story about the stroke and what caused it is a fascinating story from several points of view. So Erica, tell us about this. What did the hole in the heart mean, you know, physically as well as emotionally and spiritually? Okay, on the physical side, I, you know, I told you I had a hole in the heart and that allowed that blood clot to pass through and, and land in my brain. On the spiritual side, I had had a past life regression two years before I even had my stroke. And in that past life progression, I was a um, showgirl on stage performing. And it's very interesting that in this lifetime, in my younger years, I was also a ballet dancer. And exactly. I yeah, I do salsa and I've done jazz and tap, you know, every all kinds of dancing. But anyway, in that past life, I was a um, showgirl dancing and watching this girl who was me on stage, I saw a gaping hole in her heart where her heart was supposed to be. Um, and uh, the reason why she had this gaping hole was because she had she was heartbroken because she had lost the man who she loved because he they they were of a different class he was a more of an upper class and he could not um, have a relationship with a showgirl um, based on the way he was taught in his you know from his parents and. Um, and so she was heartbroken when he came in to watch her perform with another woman on his arm. So that was the story. Now, if I had um, also heeded the warnings in my current life about anxieties and stuff that were ra- really that would cause some flutters in my heart, well, it wasn't anxieties that were causing flutters in my heart. I thought they were. It was like you know, just panic attacks and stuff affecting my heart. It was actually probably that hole in the heart was that was causing those flutters. So if I should heed, if I should have heed, if I would, oh, if I would have heeded the warnings of my past life and the, the flutters in my heart, I may have uh, avoided my stroke. But I, being that I also think, you know, I really believe in karma, I think that I was supposed to have the stroke. And, you know, I don't regret it. I mean, yeah, I've had to have, it was, it's been an adventure. It's been a journey. But I feel that it's been part of my destiny in my life. There's more to this story, though, than that, because this affected your right side, uh, and that's very significant, both from a physical point of view and from a spiritual point of view. Tell us about the masculine-feminine struggle that you had going on. Okay. Before my stroke, um, you, know, you know, I was working 80 hours a week and everything. I was always operating out of my masculine side. You know, I was very, very driven, very controlling, very, very ego-based. It was more like a what's in it for me kind of mentality. And, and that's um, the masculine side. Give us a little thumbnail of the difference between the masculine and feminine well, you know, in our bodies. Okay, masculine, masculine um, it, you know, is, is that part of you that's analytical, organized, so those are the good energies of masculinity, the drive. There's nothing wrong with having good drive and everything. But the the negative part might, you know, is like being um, all, more consumed by ego, power, control, those kind of things. Um, and also in the in the phys, in the physical body, our left side of the brain 
is is the masculine side because it's the analytical, organized, um, you know, that kind of um, ambitious kind of mindset. That's the left side of the brain. Well, and it right, controls the right side. And it, that's right, controls the right side. And it was my right side that was hit by my stroke. So what I think that I, that um, spirit did to me. Spirit, God, who, however you call, you know, call it, define the higher power, um, decommissioned my, my my masculine side um, by through the stroke itself, so that I would still, so that I would move over to the more feminine, more um, submissive, more nurturing, more loving, more um, more. What can I do to serve others? Mindset so that I could develop that part of me. Now, I wasn't already, I was already doing some of that with my healing arts business because I'm a life coach for women. And I was already, I developed a program for women, you know, even before my stroke. But I was still doing it with that masculine mindset of what's in it for me. What kind of recognition would I get if I did all this kind of work? So I think that my stroke is bringing me more and more towards my feminine side be more of what can I do to help others and that's, and, a, that's a really interesting interpretation of this and, and really rings true uh, do you think you would have been able to come into more balance between your feminine and masculine energies if you had not had this stroke no I don't I really really don't because I was really operating out of the masculine side in fact the last, the last, this last part of my journey that I'm going on, because I'm still not fully recovered, it has been the hardest, hardest, hardest part of my recovery because part of it is part of me being more feminine and more creative and more intuitive is also about surrender, complete, total surrender. Uh, my, my, my massage therapist has a wonderful plaque above his um, massage table, and it says, the power that, he, that created our body can heal our body which is so true. I mean, you know, um, and I don't think that we really realize a lot of people have difficulty connecting with that, that godliness within them, that source of, of divinity that's within them. And that's really been what I'm, the biggest challenge for me on my path to my recovery is going from that um, outer reality uh, attachment to Completely, completely succumbing, yielding, for, you know, um, to that that power that's within us to go move over more towards the feminine side. Eventually, what I, you know, what you really want to do is to find that balance between the masculine and the feminine. And so that's that not always energy. easy to do. No, it's not. I mean, I can I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, let's really... talk a little bit about surrender. Surrender is a concept that a lot of people struggle with. You know, some people equate it with just giving up, you know, letting go altogether. And it certainly is not that. It's a, a very strong kind of concept. Tell us, if you can, about this process you went through to surrender well, it's not. Well, first, I'll tell you, it's not about giving up because you never give up. Because to me, never giving. I mean, giving up is really that you don't love yourself. And yeah, it's not surrender. It is you know, no. giving up is not surrender. No, it's giving in to the the powers inside of you. That's real. It's you know, it's giving in, not giving up. 
they never uh, giving up is just not an option to me. It takes a lot of perseverance and fortitude, and there are different techniques that you can do to you know to really come into contact with your own inner divinity. I mean, I meditate. I you know I try to do visualization. There's so many different kinds of techniques. I do Reiki on myself. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of work you can uh, you can. Um, um, engage the, uh, the the help of a maybe a shaman or a, somebody, an energy healer. Or, you know, you know, you can do past life regression. There's so many different ways of you know trying to find that that um, that uh, to go go really really deep into your own soul to find out really who you are, who, who that authentic person is. Um, there's really no just one way. I think everybody has to find their own path. And the path to this kind of awareness is not an easy path. You know, it's simple It's simple to talk about, and that's, I think, what a lot of people do is they talk about it. But to do it, you know, it's really not an easy way. It's just not. And you just have to find your own way of doing it. And I hope that some of the, the different techniques that I um, offer in the back of each chapter will help, you know, because there are quite a few, you know, like well, for expressing gratitude. I've, I've established a gratitude jar. Oh, I love the gratitude jar. Tell us about the gratitude jar. It's uh, one yeah. of my favorites. And I have to really put a big, big gratitude um, um, uh, uh, recently, and I'll have to tell you why. Um, it, it, okay, what I'm doing is as I began it at the beginning of the year, and any time that I have something that I'm very, very thankful for, I write down what that is, the date that it happened, and I put it in my gratitude jar. And at the end of the year, I'm going to open all, at New Year's Eve, I'm going to open the jar, I'm going to look at all the things that I was grateful for through the year, and I'm going to have one big celebration, because I really do. I mean, I'm alive from this, you know, this whole ordeal. Now, I've got to tell you the one thing that happened just recently for me. Um, my, I have low thyroid, hypothyroidism. Well, just recently I had my blood work done, and the range, the normal range for thyroid is 0.4 to 4. My numbers were 158. And what does that mean in terms of how you can function? That, well, the, my doctor said, Erica, I can't even believe that you're alive because that is, I mean, so off the charts. She says, I've never seen it that high. And, and anybody, never in the, in the years that I've been a doctor, I've never, ever seen that. So I really should not be alive right now. So I'm very, very grateful that I have been protected. I think it's spiritual that I have been protected completely. I must have a radiant angel sitting on my shoulder or something because I really should not be alive today. You know, I'm because of that. And so I have some, I have a lot to be thankful for. That I've, you know, that I'm, I'm being so protected that I'm still alive to be able to help others in some way. Um, I have a friend. She's my, she's a wonderful friend. And she's a psychic, and she said, Erica, the powers that be have a lot in store for you. It's not your time to die yet. You're being protected because you have so much to share with other people. You know. Oh, you're not people. finished. You're not finished yet. You know, no, one, of, one of the things that is so striking about your book is all the examples you have of other people, other people's story. And what really spoke to me was that in the back, you give the bios of many of these people. You know, you oh. give their full name 
um, their biography. It made it all so powerful because we're all familiar with those things, those, you know, like endorsements that say X Smith in Phoenix said, oh, this is a wonderful thing. Well, is there any X Smith in Phoenix? Did he ever even exist? But, you know, with your book, they're right there. There's no way you could put that in a book and, and it not be real. And the the stories are are very meaningful. They're real. They're, they're things that we've all experienced in some way or other. Not, you know, not, we haven't experienced the disease or the trauma, but we've experienced the feelings and the, the struggle. And, and I mean, this book is so down to earth that anybody can understand it, read it, profit from it, do the exercises. Um, you know, to me, it's, I really don't know how to, quite to express it. It's the real deal. You're very transparent in this book. You don't hold anything back. Your struggles we can all identify with because you didn't sugarcoat them. You didn't, you don't try to make things look like something they're not. You have no idea how wonderfully refreshing it is to read something. How did you find these people that you used as examples with their stories? How did you find them? First, I want to thank you so much for the compliment. My gosh, you're making me, you're making, bringing tears to my eyes. Well, I don't mean to do that. It's just how this book has hit me. You have to realize that I read a book almost every week. Oh, yeah. And and they're all, you know, sometimes they all sort of run together. But yours does not. Yours does not fit that mold um yours is uh, it's kind of a maverick and i love it (laughs) thanks Uh, that's wonderful to hear no um the the book would not be the book without the people that are that contributed their stories i found them all over the world i did it on facebook i just kind of sent out my feelers and i said okay i need some stories for a book i'm writing this is a you know kind of what the book is going to be about would anybody like to participate? Uh, you, you'll, what I want to do for you is, you know, in, um, have your story in the one, one per chapter, and then I also want to promote you and your website and your whatever you do, your work and everything at the back of the chapter, I mean, back of the book, and uh, so that it's a collaborative thing. So, I mean, my book would never have been what it is if I hadn't had these stories. And I have stories about um, loss of a loved one, Somebody has MS, some woman, and this is a fascinating story, someone who has no arms. She was a thalidomide um, victim um, survivor, really. She's incredible. She can thread a sewing machine, uh, thread a needle on a sewing machine or just a needle itself with her toes, her feet. She writes. I mean, you know, and she lives with this, you know, daily. She's not not one that's ever going to recover, really, because she's going to be that way for the rest of her life. And, you know, I mean, and I have things with cancer, um, uh, alcohol abuse. One woman, she's actually a friend of mine that comes over, um, you know, almost weekly. She had um, alcohol abuse 
I mean, really, like drinking a quart of, uh, a, a day. Wow. And she raised a child, and she got her master's during that time. You know, and on and, that note, Erica, we need to go to break. When we okay. come back, we're going to talk more about this. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Erica Tucci, saying stay tuned. We're going to be back with more of the Self-Improvement Show. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking to Eric Gattucci, who had a stroke at the height of her career and has written a book to tell us about her, what she calls radiant recovery. And I'll have, I know you're going to agree with me that her recovery truly is radiant. Before the break, we were talking about the stories that she has in her book that she got from people all around the world, thanks to the the wonderful Internet that we have available to us now. Erica, do you have any other stories that you really want to share with us? I I thought the one with the the boy who was abused, sexually abused for so long, was particularly powerful. Yeah, that, that was a good story. Well, I even have a chapter on caregivers because I think that they're slighted a lot. You know, everybody focuses more on the survivors, and they don't, but they don't um, give any um, credence to the what the caregivers do. So I have a whole chapter and several stories in that chapter about the caregivers, including my mom's story. One that I think is just adorable is about a woman who actually cares for cared for her dachshund who had a, a severe spine injury, spine disease, mm. and her, the the spiritual journey that she went on. Um, because of her dog who was in a wheelchair, you know, had a wheelchair strapped to his leg so he could actually walk and everything. Oh. I love that story. But, um, yeah, I mean, there are many stories of anxieties, um, CFS, 
you know, chronic fatigue syndrome um, that left this woman of uh, 14 years where she couldn't walk or anything else. So there are many stories, cancer, sexual abuse, um, cancer six times. You know, I mean, that that was, of course, in my Never Give Up chapter. <laughs> and but, the glory um, of it is none of these people have given up. And they've oh. all written things that really will tug at your heart and, and you know, let you see that really nothing can stop you unless you allow that. Let's talk about writing the book. How on earth did you summon up the courage to begin writing a book after you'd had a stroke? And I, I think it's courage. Well, first I want to tell you, again, it's going from masculine to feminine, the the operation, the way I did it. Before my, you know, my first books I wrote, I was very organized. I wrote the synopsis or, you know, the outline, depending on if it was nonfiction or fiction. So I had some kind of order, which is, again, a masculine trait. With this book, I just had so many thoughts and everything in my mind about how I wanted to do it. My mind was like a kaleidoscope. I really just did not know exactly how I was going to do my book. Other than the intro and story, which are obviously easy to write, um, I had I had those two things written very quickly. But then every chapter, it was like, how am I going to do that? So I, that's when I started soliciting other people's chat, you know, stories and everything. And then I started started writing. I would every time that I had something that I needed to to work on, like never giving up or believing in myself or what's important in life or gratitude and, you know, attitude, I would start writing a chapter on that theme, and I would find the the uh, story that fit most appropriately. What's interesting is the stories, all the stories that I got, I was able to place almost every single story because it was like it was, like it was divinely guided that all the stories that I got were were written for a certain chapter. So I That's an interesting wrote. statement, Erica. It's like it was. <laughs> it was divine, I, it was divinely written. It really was. It was. It was. So yeah, and, and again, that's about surrendering and about being creative and uh, falling into that more feminine mode of of consciousness. So as I was writing my book, I was actually healing more and more on a spiritual, emotional level. So this book for me has been part of my healing process. And even after, even though I've finished the book and everything, my I feel like I'm becoming more and more my book, if that makes sense. It's becoming more and more a part of me as I continue moving down the path of surrender and, um, you know, becoming more and more in my feminine consciousness. Let's talk a little bit. I mean, your book was really part of your rehab, certainly part of your recovery. Um, Let's talk a little bit about some of the things they had you doing. I mean, I'm amazed at some of the walks you did when they had a a 5K, for instance, in your town, and and you walked, what, three and a half miles. Uh, Those kind of things blew me away. Talk a little bit about your rehab, both physically your physical, emotional, and spiritual rehab, because they all played a big part in your recovery. Well, I'll tell you, it blew me away, too, that I was even able to do that. that uh, I mean, five, I'm, five I days. was just shaking my head when I read that. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. No, it was because actually before that, before that time, I couldn't even walk around the block yet for a mile. 
but because they were so supportive. In fact, the owner of the rehab center that I went to, the outpatient rehab center that I went to, she was there every step of the way. Come on, Eric, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. So I did it. You know, I mean, I, I made myself do it. And but of course I collapsed for the next two weeks <laughs> physically because it took you know it took its toll on me. But I did it. And that was a thing. That was a milestone. And um, now one of the things that I think is really kind of neat. Uh, there was a chapter. One of my chapters is believing in myself. And um, my therapist said, Erica, you don't believe in yourself. He believed in me more than I did. He said, um, You're going to get on that elliptical and we're going to build to 30 minutes. And I said. I don't, you know, when I was well, I didn't even do more than 10 minutes. I hate this machine, but he was determined to make me do it. So we started at 10 minutes. But one of the things that they had me do, see, I was a massage therapist before my stroke also. And um, what they did, did, they had me do, um, this was great for them, is to give massages to the, te- to the technicians and to the therapists as part of my rehab at the center. Was and, that uh, your we- idea or their idea? It was my idea because I figured, you know, I'm a massage therapist. Why don't I do yeah. rehab as part? Of, I mean, massage as part of my rehab because um, that way I can get back into it. And I worked up to 30-minute massage. How so, long uh, after the stroke? Uh, let's, let's do a little timeline here. How long after the stroke were you able to walk? You know, I, I don't, I can't even remember. You can't remember? I, well, um, you know, yeah. I was in I was in uh, inpatient rehab until they actually had me walking at uh, inpatient rehab. You know, but it was could, very, 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 you, very carefully. Very. Could carefully. you walk unassisted no, at that no, by no. the time you finished inpatient rehab? No, no, no. But no. And they had they had to put so, a sock on my shoe because my foot would drag and everything. So when I got to outpatient rehab, you know, I had a sock on my shoe to be able to help me before I, you know, I could get my foot to start working. The, um, is it the dorsi, dorsi muscles or whatever? I can't remember what muscles it is to help with the foot drop and everything. But, yeah, the um, dorsal. Really, um, yeah, dorsal. So um, when, when you left the, the inpatient rehab, you were not able to walk without assistance no not not really no and and, i mean people need to realize that when we say you had a stroke you really had a stroke your right hand wouldn't work your arm hung like we see stroke patients have you know arms that just dangle when i first had the stroke yeah you know you had all of that yeah. You know, your speech had to have been impeded because the right side of your face would have been affected as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, but no, that's the thing. My, my Actually, um, my, I, I um, did not have problems with the, uh, the right side of my my face. Oh, Drew, that's, one, that's but, wonderful. No, that's what I'm saying. The meta, It just affected more my motor skills. Now, I can say that uh, it did paralyze my um, my throat a little bit. I have I had little difficulty um, swallowing and uh, speaking, you know, just a little bit, but not so significant. And I didn't have too much, nothing really significant with the cognitive abilities and everything because I went through speech therapy also in, in patient therapy. Right. I, I, but, I'm a, I'm I'm amused at your were at your use of the word just. 
I I just was paralyzed, you know, <laughs> on the right side. Of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, you know, what I want the listeners to know is this was not just a mini stroke. This was the full deal. And the next thing I know you're talking about being in a 5K race, and I'm thinking, holy smoke, <laughs> how did she do this? How, I, I thought that a lot through the book. How did she do this? When they asked you, you know, well, he wanted you to do 30 minutes on the elliptical, and then somebody wanted you to be in the 5K, you know, what? How did you react to those things? I mean, well, I would have said, are you kidding? Are you crazy? Well, I did. <laughs> but, you know, they, they, I had wonderful therapists. I had to went to a wonderful, wonderful rehab center. They don't, they, they don't, you know, they really believe in you, even if you don't believe in yourself. They, they, ah, that's the key, they, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they are, they're, and they're fabulous. They're fabulous. Um, it's called Spiro Rehab. It's in uh, Katy, Texas, out near where I live. And I have to give them, you know, I have to give them a lot of credit for what they did for me because Let they me really got me this. where I was. Yeah. Part, did you, know, you believe in yourself before the stroke? I, I did to a certain point, but I think that everybody has, you know, a certain level of fear of who they really are. I was not fully um authentic, you know, and I just, I didn't really, I had certain, yeah, I, I believe in myself in certain ways, but then I had certain fears and everything that also kept me from really, really moving as far as I could. And I think that this was why I had this stroke was to get me to the to my full potential. You know, you talked some too about self-love, about loving yourself. Uh, let's talk just a bit about that. Did you love yourself before the stroke? I mean, we all have some degree of self-love, but you know, not like what you talk about in your book after the stroke. Like I said, I, I think I, I, there, you know, part of me did uh, to a certain point. I mean, I, I really was very pleased with how I was doing on the outside as far as my success at corporate. Um, but um, and I also had a certain amount of. Um, a love for myself for what I was starting to do, you know, with my healing arts business. But I always, I also had a lot of fear and anxieties. That it's almost like if I stop work, how can I support myself? I know that one. Right. Uh, you know, all, all these. Yes, a lot of that. You know, and I had fears of falling, failing, because I was raised by two parents that are perfectionists. And, uh, well, my father's dead now. He's been dead since 82. But, I mean, talk about perfectionism. He was uh, such a perfectionist. And when I, you know, and I, I never, never really felt like if I was not, if I wasn't perfect, then there was something wrong with me. So I had those fears in the back of my mind. I know, I think that's why I had anxieties, you know, all my life was because I never really could completely be, nobody's perfect. We're not no, as long as we're no, human no, no. bodies. And I think that that was what kept me back from really, really loving who I am and being who I really want to be. And I really feel that the stroke, but to me, the stroke was a gift from God. I really believe that. that it's, it has helped propel me down my path, my destiny, and to where I want to be in my life. 
where I can I, I can really love myself and re, and radiate that love inside my heart to out out outwardly, so that I can help other people find their own brilliance too. That's why I call myself the Radiance Muse. Exactly. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, where are you now in this rehabilitation project, uh, project, this this process? You know, where do you put yourself? You know, how how much do you still have to do before you can consider yourself? Fully recovered. (laughs) Yeah. And and maybe, you know, are are any of us fully recovered from from what? From, you know, all the traumas of our life. How do you know when you're fully recovered? But what do you still know? What do you know you still have to accomplish? Well, first, physically, I have to get my thyroid in control. And that's going to take a few weeks, you know. Uh, I would think so. Yeah, it's going to take some time for my medication to fully. I'll tell you, I've only been on it for three days, and I'm already feeling much, much, much better physically. And then after that, then I can focus back on my my body recovery, my my you know my the paralysis that I still feel on my right side. But again, it's going to take all that surrender, which is a, a hard task, to really, really fully recover. And as I, I do this. Um, I know that I'm going to fully recover, and so I can't. It's kind of hard to really tell, pinpoint exactly how long it's going to take or whatever. But I'm going to say that I'm 90, 95 percent recovered um, because I do believe that I'm going to go back to my ballet lessons so that I can, you know. And in fact, I'm going to do it as part of my recovery because ballet is so good for the body, and it will retrain my muscles to um, to work. Again, you know, do it. you got to reach. You got everything has to be taught again. You have to re- re- relearn everything when you're when you have a stroke. You don't realize how, how what your muscles do until you have no use of them. You really don't know. No, you, you don't. You don't. It's a real. But I must say, I'm about ninety to ninety five percent recovered from my stroke. And of course, life transformation is a is a day. I mean, it's a lifetime process. So, um, because whatever I have, this stroke has done to me, there's always going to be layers of things that will, you know, peel off little by little. And and thing is, but I know now from everything that I've learned with my stroke that whatever I encounter, it's not about what what you um, are, what you what's happened to you. It's how you respond to it. And absolutely, now, yeah, I think that with my stroke, because it's been such a you know a hard journey for me that anything else that happens to me I will know exactly what I'm not you know I'll know um, at least what the process of going through it um, you know Erica you've had just a remarkable journey with this stroke and your recovery and it sounds like you're really wrapping things up and it's about time for us now to wrap this show up uh, I want people to get your book so they can know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. What's the last thought you'd like to leave with our audience today? I have two things. You've got to find out what's really important in your life and follow that passion. And that means believing in yourself, going from your heart. That's really the most important thing is what really do you want to do in your life? And follow that. Be I think that's an amazing thought to end this remarkable story with. Next week's guest is Mark Sheeran. 
He's the chairman and co-founder of Baldwin Research Institute, the alcohol and drug research company that's the original creator of the non-disease, non-12-step model of alcohol and drug education. I'm excited to hear what he has to say. Erica, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was a pleasure. It's been wonderful, and I I thank you for being on the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Erica Tucci, saying thank you for joining us today and come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.